we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our grandchildren. Even if you're young and listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. you don't have kids yet. When you do, you owe it to the future generations to build a better world. And that starts with treating the world with the dignity it deserves. That means treating the people with dignity, no matter what they look like, no matter what, who they love. And it means, you know, taking care of this planet by being more, more kind to it and not overdoing it. So from that standpoint, you know, uh, I believe in diversity. I think you just can't get to that place without a healthy respect mm-hmm. for, uh, for diversity and all the beautiful things that we all offer to the planet. So um, as long as you hear that part of the conversation, I think you're good. Bonkai. Senbon Sakura. Kage Yoshi. Welcome anime fans to the Super Anime Podcast, where each week we look to entertain, inspire and inform you on all things anime. Whether you're new to anime or a seasoned veteran, we invite you to come listen, share and laugh with us. We hope every episode ignites your otaku spirit and leaves you feeling super. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of Super Anime Podcast, Black History Month, aka BHM edition, where in the month of October, we will be showcasing and speaking to black content creators who are either within the anime industry or love anime as much as we do. Now, today's guest has created a company that has changed the face, no pun intended, of diversity in the space of manga and comics. The company has dozens of creators, thousands of fans all over the world, Hundreds of issued man- magazines, which has inspired young, diverse creators, much the same way Shonen Jump has. Cartoons and comics all around the world also. He's the founder of the world's most diverse manga comic anthology, Saturday AM. Ladies and gentlemen, all our super lights, welcome to the show, founder of Saturday AM, Mr. Frederick L. Jones. Welcome to the platform. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys. Thank welcome, you. That was a welcome. very nice introduction. Thank you. Yeah, Ed, thank Ed, you. Ed, Ed is actually really good at introductions. I, I wish I could do that, but I would fail. I like, I like that that's like a skill set. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know? like, on, on his LinkedIn, it says it was like really good. Introductions. introductions, yeah. Well, you know, you know, there's a reason why um, I forgot his name, but the guy who does the boxing and he does, you know, let's get ready. Oh, like, no. you know, yeah, yeah, but I about yeah. Don't say the whole thing. He's got that thing trademark. Oh, yeah. He's got that trademark. I read that uh, years ago. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. No way. You can get sued for that. Okay. He has that phrase trademark. If you say it that way and it were really, really popular, he can sue you. He has that thing trademark. Yes, he does. That's smart, though. That's very, yeah. That that is very. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, you know, what's his name? (laughs) What's his name? What's it? Well, I know. I thought you were this one. I thought you were doing it. (laughs) (laughs) You interrupted. I was like, ah, you've heard. Uh, you know, uh, that, that, that clown we had as president, uh, Donald Trump, you know, he tried yeah, to, yeah. he tried fired. to trademark, you try, right. It's like, yeah. how do you trademark that? Like, that's not even a, he didn't even say it in a, like, he didn't even say it in a unique way. It's like, it's just, you're fired. It's like, yeah. well, then what's, you know, like, wait, were you like, are you going to trademark your tire? Cause that's what I, I told yeah. y'all that when you told me, you said, how you doing? I'm like, I'm tired. Trademark well, apparently, because we have a version of The Apprentice here in the UK, and apparently every time Sir Alan Sugar says it, he's the guy who does it here. 
says you're fired. Donald Trump gets some kind of benefits or royalties for saying that. So maybe he trademarked it in that way. Well, I don't know if he would have trademarked in that way, but what would happen is that if the show got taken, I don't know the details, by the way, it's just, Mm. you know, having, having been a part of, having been in business and entertainment sector, I can tell you that, uh, if, uh, you know, if something were to like, if that show is a literal, uh, uh, adaptation of the mm. existing U.S. show. Donald Trump, I'm sure, if he had, his agent was smart, said, "Hey, we're going to be a part of this. We want to. We want you know, uh, pr- we want particip- participation points. Uh, mm. We can serve as like a, a producer or something like that. And you know, since it's a really, since it's a big part of the show here, when the character says you're fired, well, then we're going to let you guys do that." Uh, you know, not, not again, not that they can stop it, but I'm mm. sure they just said, Hey, you know, for you to adapt it, you, you've got to say you're fired. And, you know, mm. that's, that's Donald Trump's, you know, uh, contribution. Cause we know he's not going to work hard. <laughs> that's his contribution. <laughs> he gets, he gets, he gets money for, for every, you know, he gets, he, you know, he gets to be a producer by, by simply just allowing that to be a part of the show. And, uh, you know, mm. and it was well documented that the guy who created that, I forget his name, but the guy who created the show, uh, Alan, Michael, something Burnett, I think. I could be wrong, but I think it's something Burnett. But he he was uh, he's very close with Donald Trump, so I'm positive that you know he was, you know, he was like, "Hey, Donald, I'm taking this thing to the UK. You want in? Because you guys have a you have your own show that is not The Apprentice, but it's uh, like Dragons Den. That's yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, Shark yeah, Tank. Yeah. We have Dragons yeah, Den. Yeah, yeah, we have Dra- Dragons Den. Yeah. What's the U- yeah. what's the U- US one? Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I prefer Shark Tank actually. To be honest, I think it's. I've nice. heard I've heard that Shark Tank is better. I've, we, you know, yeah. we have a number of people oh. in the UK, and I've, I've actually have heard that. Yeah, it's more they much prefer the. Yeah, yeah. yeah so just uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if it has to do with the the British. Uh, just the way British people do things. Yeah, I don't, we're, I don't we're, we're pretty miserable because of the weather, you know. <laughs> it's, it's the rain, man. It's the rain. You know, you get a short summer, and then yeah. it, when it does come, we complain that it's too hot. So you know that. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, when I, the times I was there, it was humid or it was raining. So yeah, I'm with you. I don't think I was ever there. It was just like beautiful fall weather. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned as you, said, um, you were in the industry and so on and so forth. Can we? Can you give us? Oh, can you take us back, sorry, um, and give us a quick run down of how you got into the to the point of Saturday M, um, yeah. and in terms of launching it in 2013? Because I know you, as you mentioned, worked in corporate America in the gaming industry as an exec, and I'm just curious, you know, how did that idea of Saturday M get sparked? Was it a case where you always wanted to do something like this, or was there something you saw where you know what there's a gap in the industry that you know I I think I can fulfill? Yeah, I mean, so you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll make it very short because I mean, there, there are several, you know, all those things kind of have their own story about kind of streamline. Uh, so I mean, look, first of all, you know, I'm 47. I'm 47 years old, uh, and I was into manga. I first got into manga around the like early 80s. Um, we had a Japanese uh, friend. Uh, she worked at a school library, uh, private school library. My parents were associated with. So, uh, so she would. She was Japanese American. She was married to an American guy. She would bring copies of Shonen Jump for whatever reason uh, back to the U.S. Or she at least had a few copies. There were recent copies uh, at that time because again, this was maybe like '84, '85, and I remember you know maybe somewhere somewhere between '84, '85, and '86, let's say. And at that time, if you go back and look at the history at that time, because I remember this as clear as day. I, mean, I actually got to keep one of the issues, but I I don't know where it's at now, but. But at that time, you know, it was like uh, Cobra, you know, um, uh, was in it. Uh, it had uh, uh, Cat's Eye, 
mm-hmm. uh, which you know, which led to Crying Freeman. Uh, it had uh, Fist of the North Star. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, so like, you know, as a kid, you know, seeing this, because I was in, you know, Marvel Comics and DC Comics. And as a kid, seeing this type of stuff, you know, at the age of like, you know, 11, you know, and 12, like it just blew my mind. It just completely blew my mind because there was nothing like it. There was mm-hmm. nothing like it, you know, in America. Like, you just, you know, and, and but I had I had seen that type of art style. So I knew instantly because remember, the Internet wasn't wasn't around at that time. So mm-hmm. I knew instantly what it was because I remember seeing that art style and things like uh Battle for the Planets, which was Gotchaman, and Star Blazers. I was really addicted to Star Blazers. And then later on, uh, later in the 80s, you know, Robotech came out, and I was really big into Robotech. So so I, I understood, you know, that this was Japanese. I understood that. I didn't, you know, I, there was not a name for it at that, that time. It mm-hmm. wasn't clear what it was, but I knew that it was from Japan. I knew kind of what the general idea of it was. So long story short, um, yeah, that had stayed with me. I mean, it made an impression on me and, and stayed with me for a long time. I had bought model kits i would go uh you know when i was in high school i would pay someone uh i grew up in north carolina uh one of our big universities called nc state university they're one of the first anime clubs in america oh, wow. and so they would send students there it's a school mainly known for engineering so they would send students to japan you know for their internships or for their like uh, exchanges wow. and so at that time that was how if you were into anime like this is literally how it was done so I'm like, when I say I'm old school, like, I mean, I'm truly old school. Cause like when anime really started to grow in America, it was through kids who would go to Japan on some sort of college internship or, 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 or oh. study abroad. They would record anime on VHS tape and they'd come mm. back and sell it. And then you would trade them at conventions. And that was literally how the oh. anime trade began. That's how Akira got distributed. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, so I was into that scene really hard. I went to Japan uh, as a result of that as an exchange student myself through Duke University when I was uh, 16. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, you know, I've always had this kind of fascination with that uh, Capcom. I really got into Capcom. And so mm-hmm. I, once I understood that was Japanese as well, like the whole thing kind of dovetailed. So I had always had it in me and always wanted to do something with it. I got into the video game industry when I graduated college. And of course, that was connected to the Japanese scene, connected to anime, but not quite. But that was still, you know, kind of servicing that sort of idea I had about this type of material. Now, uh, you know, obviously, again, I'm 47. So in the 90s, that was an age where, you know, we kind of went through, you kind of, in America, you kind of went through stages of black consciousness. You know, there was the mm-hmm. Afro movement in the 70s, you know, and, 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 and black exploitation films like Shaft and things yeah. like that. Mm. And that's what my parents, you know, they were really into that stuff. This was a kid. I, you know, grew up listening to, you know, uh, you know great artists that were on those soundtracks like, you know, Marvin Gaye and uh, mm-hmm. Al Green. And, you know, so I really got into, you know, so I've always had a connection to my black roots. And uh, and so uh, in the 90s, when I was, you know, still into anime or video games, and all that stuff, anime at that point was starting to be professionally brought over, you know, ADV and, and Funimation towards the end of the 90s. But uh, when I was in college in the early 90s, you know, you had, you know, more anime coming over in VHS tapes uh, professionally. So I, uh, you know, was still into it, was getting into it at that level. And, but the black exploitation, the, the black move in the '90s, kind of Afrocentric movement was happening. Yeah. You had Tribe Called Quest, and yeah. you had uh, you know De La Soul, and you yeah. had you know, groups that were really taking our blackness and and and, and making it you know, being unapologetic with our blackness and not trying to assimilate, but trying to really embrace our own culture uh, in a main you know in a, in our mainstream way. You know, you had you know you had New Jack City, you had that whole vibe. Mm. So so all of that was kind of swirling within me in terms of like my love of anime, but also recognizing the anime. 
you know, doesn't have diversity in it. Uh, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I wait a minute, I'm, pr I'm a proud black man. And so while I love this art form, I also have to reconcile that there's a problem here when I don't see a lot of characters, especially when the series is meant to represent the world, right? It's yeah. like Gundam takes place in the whole world is, you know, is involved in Gundam and yet mm -hmm. black people don't exist, right? Um, <laughs> so so just, you, know, you start to have that, that, that kind of reality check. And uh, so, so that became more of a thing to me in the late 90s. And then when I got into video game ministry uh, as an executive in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, um, you know, I was typically the only black person in the room. And I was working on big video game mm. titles. I was with Sony PlayStation. Oh. I was working with Gathering Developers, which was connected to Take-Two uh, back when they made uh, Grand Theft Auto. We worked on the marketing for Max Payne, that big oh, video game I Max Payne. Payne. So, bullet time. I love Max Payne. Yeah, the bullet time <laughs> thing, right. You know, so I would go to E3s and I would travel around the world and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm the only black person in the room, you know, and I'm a, you know, at that point I was becoming a senior executive. Mm. I was on the cover of like Games Business Magazine and, and it's like, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, again, just, it's just, it's just constantly being put to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm constantly yeah, seeing it's it. It's just there. And again, yeah. if I were, it's just there. And if I was someone different, you know, I mean, we, as we, as you guys know, as I know, as there people who listen to this know, there are black folk who, who you know, they, they, they'll go their whole life and never have that necessarily, that sort of consciousness to it. But, mm -hmm. but for me, like that was something I was born with that consciousness to my parents. I was proud of my, you know, culture from the very beginning. I went through the 90s period. I was heavily into the 90s scene. I was part of the group that marched on Washington for the Million Man March. So, oh, nice. so con the consciousness of my black community has always yeah. been there for me. So, so when I got out of the video game industry and I was looking for what I was going to do next, this was kind of like, you know, it was like, you know what, you've, you've, you've seen everything, you've tried everything. Now it's time to go back at the beginning and, mm -hmm. and, and take everything you've learned and apply it. And the first thing that I was adamant about was, you know, creating a manga brand, not, not a you know, comic book brand, not, not, you know, something that looked like manga, but that would respect the diversity that I felt like needed to be in manga more. So mm. whether it was characters who were Latino, who also don't get yep. any play in manga yep. or anime, Indian, Southeast Asian, uh, you know, Indian fans are massive fans oh, of anime oh, manga. Yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll never see that. You'll never see them in my anime or manga. Like they don't even get a play, you know, I mean, at least yeah. black people get in there. We just get, we just get treated horribly sometimes. Yeah. So, so again, that was pretty much it. You know, I just, I, I you know, it, it was, it had been with me for a number of years and I just, and I had the benefit of having a really balanced uh, view of the industry. I'd seen it professionally. Yeah. I had seen it as a fan before it became, you know, a mainstream thing you get into. So I saw it kind of like a hobby. Uh, I've, I've seen it as a as a executive looking at it from, you know, from a different perspective. So now as an entrepreneur, I can really take all of that to heart and create the company to not just create the content, but likewise, because again, coming from my professional career, to also make sure that there were people who looked like me or looked mm -hmm. like people who I had also wouldn't see in the room yeah. uh, who were playing major roles within the company, you know, who were handling sales or marketing or editorial, whose voices were as important as anyone else's voice. And so, uh, so yeah, so at the end of the day, that was really the, 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 the struck, the, the kind of overall like 30 year thrust of creating Saturday AM. And now here we are eight years later and you know, things are crazy. It's, it's going incredibly well. You know, we, we've got, by the time we hit our 10th anniversary, we'll have, uh, you know, we'll have our anime hit and we'll have, uh, you know, a bunch of other things out oh, and, nice. you know, we'll be, you'll be very cool. That's, that, wow. I mean, that's, that's, thank that's, you, so that's and thank you first off for, for sharing that. Um, and um, doing, because we, we like to do our research here. And uh, I was watching your, <laughs> your live with um, the live you did when you were speaking, part of it was talking about Kentaro, you are talking about Kentaro and Brazil. Yeah. 
and um, oh yeah you, I, I i i was i learned so much just about yourself <laughs> and uh, you spoke a little bit you touched upon <laughs> touch upon a few of these topics and and what strikes me well you said it in there and you said it you said it again here is from well being a being truly authentic basically and using mm-hmm. that authenticity to kind of build something um and mm-hmm. and certainly i remember growing well in early in my career um my professional career there is there is also that small part of you that when you first start working and you're first again reminded that okay cool you're, you're one of well one of one in the room <laughs> um you can sometimes right. shy away from that and you can sometimes fall into yeah. you can fall back and 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 feel like okay i don't want to bring attention to 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 my blackness so i i think i just want right. to commend That's you right. in 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 uh in staying true to being authentic so uh, no that's is a little bit of a little small inspiration for me actually so no, i just wanted to just highlight that but that, i think that's this is just a message for everyone else out there just be authentic like be just absolutely be authentic. absolutely no 100 percent. and what i first of all thank you for saying that you know uh you know as i'm sure we'll get into but i can say you know look it hasn't been easy i don't want no, to get the impression it's been easy mm, i mean mm, mm. you know there are fo- let's just put it let's, let's be real there are folks out there who do not like Yep. that saturday m is succeeding and who uh you know we we get attacked all the time we just did a thing for wacom uh which you know which is a story into itself the fact that you know i started this company talking about the fact you know being very very upfront you know i've done lots of interviews i'm very upfront about this uh mm. about the fact that you know look if if the japanese companies were doing their jobs I mean, it wouldn't exist <laughs> you know like mm. it's just simple like if they created characters and they took this seriously in the way that that so many of us would like to see, we wouldn't exist. Like, why would we exist? They're already, they would already be doing it, right? So, so, you know, so, so they, but you know, the fact that we have actually been on their radar, the fact that these companies do know who we are and they are excited and they do believe what we're saying is accurate. Yeah. And they, they, and they, they have a lot of uh, uh, love for us to be, to be frank. We've worked, we work with three of the top companies who are associated with manga and anime production. Sakura, uh, uh, you know, the makers of the Micron pins and things like that, yeah, yeah, Click yeah. Studio Paint, which yeah. is uh, Celsus, is the name of that parent company, and Wacom. And we were yeah. just at an event that Wacom did. Uh, we keynote at the end of the, uh, of the, of the, they did a manga and anime days uh, virtual convention. And we were like the, we were like the big, the big uh, thing for that last day. And we, um, and you know, the video goes up, it did really well. And then I noticed like, you know, like, as soon as the video went up, like someone, like, you know, just some random person just attacked us for the fact of like, why are three black people talking about diversity? Like, like why are they talking about diversity? And it's mm. like, like, so what, it, it wouldn't have been a big deal if it had been three white people. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, it's like, so, 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 it's, you know, I just want to, you know, take what you said and just say to the people listening to this that, you know, yeah, look, that's not a message for blackness. I mean, everyone should be true to themselves, yep. you know, Absolutely, yeah. es- es- especially if you're, if, because the whole notion of truth is that you are living in the means in which, you know, brings you joy and brings you dignity and respect. And at the same time, of course, the key part of this, because this is what sometimes some of our brothers and sisters who don't have to struggle with uh, with rec- representation and recognition, the thing I would say to them is to just understand that, that you you fighting for visibility should not, should not, you know, should be put in proper context, should not be at the expense of someone else. No. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. always the thing, because yes, as, 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 as we know, yeah, as we know, those who've never experienced equality, those who have always been at the top of the food chain when it comes to uh, representation, you know, white folks, Asian folks, and Japanese anime manga, to them sometimes, or to, to people like that sometimes who wish to see it this way, 
equality can seem like oppression. So mm. I always try to make I always try to make it clear to them that like, yes, you know, I, I want to see everyone, whether you're Irish or Scottish, whether you're gay, whether you're straight, whether you're, you know, Catholic, or, you know, like whatever your whatever mm-hmm. your identity is, I want you to, to celebrate your identity. I want you to be free in that expression. Yeah. Yeah. But just recognize that there's a difference <laughs> when we're yes. talking about people who never get to get seen. Like that's a difference. Mm-hmm. When you never get to get seen, then that should be something that you know we we all have a, a healthy respect for and give them their space to be free to be themselves because they never get a chance to do that. And it's not going to be easy. There'll be people who take pot shots at you, but at the same time, mm-hmm. if you're doing it and you're doing it for the right reasons, yeah. you're not doing it to try to hurt someone else or take mm-hmm. away someone else's opportunities, then go for it, man. A Saturday M is, is, is a home for you because that's what we support. Nice. Yeah, and I want to actually touch upon um, something you mentioned that if um, Japan was doing um, what it was um, supposed to do in terms of representation, you know, Saturday yeah. M won't necessarily um, be here. And I think... Right. That could be said a lot to, you know, different things as it relates to, um, quote unquote, innovation, because that that reminded me of um, a quote by Brian Solis, who essentially says, competing for the future starts with a shift in perspective. Without that shift, you will be confined to cycles of iteration rather than innovation. And I think what, 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 what this comes down to is, you know. Yes, they could have. They and they probably not probably they should be doing this. But however, that that leaves space for others to say, you know what, I want this. And rather than crying about it, I'm going to do something about it. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you did. You know, you took it upon yourself to say, look, there is a lack of representation and diversity in manga um, of people of color. What can I do about it? Because we can cry as much as we want saying Japan do it. But t- to them, um, I'm not saying it's not important. Of course, it is. There's a slight shift. But you have, I would, in my, in my personal opinion, you have made more ground, in my personal opinion, more ground as relates to um given artists or given um yeah given creators the ability to showcase their work than what japan has done um in my personal opinion i mean i could be wrong but i think with like you mentioned got hundreds of titles with people of color on that i don't think that would be something that could be done as fast and as accelerated in japan as it as you've done in my personal opinion well, so so I, listen. I, I would love to take that compliment. It's pro- I probably can't <laughs> because I think that that's probably not accurate. But okay. let me. But, but 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 however, let me let me take what you're saying though, and just as you as uh, you said a few minutes ago, let me shift the perspective a little bit so we can understand mm. why things are the way they are. So first of all, Japan could do this. Okay. So that and, and so to me, that's exactly why I'm always brutally honest when I talk about why we exist, because they could be doing this. Like, let's not pretend that they couldn't do this. They had, like, uh, I think what last year or maybe the year before last, when Black, when uh, what's it called, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, mm-hmm. had that boom when it just exploded. Mm. They sold eighty-five million copies. Yeah, it was crazy. Now, yeah. now, there's no company in the UK or America selling eighty-five million copies of a comic book. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Nobody's doing that. And we got some properties that let's let's, let's be frank. Because again, this is another thing, and I'm always very real about. Let's be real. I'll take Batman any day over just about any manga. I mean, it's just like, I mean, the reality <laughs> is the reality. At the end of the day, Batman's generating a hell of a lot of money culturally than any manga. But you know, but again, there's there's other there are other factors for that too. But the, the bottom line is that you know, like 
the Americans know how to create content. That's not, that's, you know, I always laugh when people try to be like, you know, I just really love manga. It's like, okay, <laughs> you, you yeah, say yeah, that and, and like I'm sure you got into yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, let's not pretend you've never seen a Batman movie. There are tons <laughs> of people who've never seen anime manga, yeah, but okay. you, but, there, but you've seen a Batman movie. So let's, 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 you know, I get that you're into it. Cause it, to me, anime, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, I'm sure, but anime strikes me a lot like hip hop. And I'll talk, mm. we'll talk about this in a second. Cause I've said this before about mm-hmm. hip hop and anime. Uh, and the way that I view it, because there's a fanboy level to it that's sometimes embarrassing and sometimes uh, beautiful, but it's it's all mixed into the way people perceive it. But the bottom line is that, look, the Japanese and the manga scene in Japan, even though it is going through some challenges, is still the by far the gold standard for comic book creators making money. If you mm. want to make money, you're a comic creator in Japan, you, you better be in Japan because you ain't going to make that type of bread mm. in America, France. UK, ah, okay. Germany, it ain't happening. Yeah. It's a, it's a, oh, it's a lifestyle. It's a life. Like yeah, to be yeah. a comic creator in Japan, yeah, yeah it's, it's got an infrastructure. It's got, it's got a, uh, it's got a, a PR hierarchy to it. I mean, like they'll interview you, like, like you created a hit album. Like, I mean, it's a big deal. So, mm. so, so it's a different animal. So, so you're not wrong in the fact that Saturday M has done these things. However. The Japanese could do it. And to me, that makes it worse because they could do it. So the issue here is that they is that it's, it's the, the, the challenge really with the Japanese is just you've got to put the you have to value it enough that you'd be willing to put the resources to it. Mm, so yep. think about it this way. Yep. Japan, if you're Shueisha, which Shueisha, people must know, is the, the company that owns you know the manga categories. We know it. They have all your favorite properties, folks, is Shueisha. Shueisha, alongside some other companies, owns Viz. Viz, for most people, is how they get a lot of their manga if they yep. live here in the West. Yep. So, but Viz is owned by Shueisha and a couple other companies. So the point I'm trying to make here is that if Shueisha really wanted to, they don't need Viz. They just just hire some English speakers mm. in Japan who already live there so they can you know, be part of your culture and so forth as an office who already live there. And they can edit and translate the books themselves in Japan. I guarantee you that's how it'd be done in America and in the UK. Like they wouldn't be like, we'll set up a separate office here when they've got people already in London, in New York City, in San Francisco who speak multiple languages. But no, you be here. You get to live in America and you live in the UK and you translate the work and we'll do everything here. So we keep all of our costs. Exactly. Keep all your costs here. So the Japanese could easily do that. Now, in some cases they are. You've seen that app called Manga Plus, right? Yeah. 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 I use that to read a lot of manga. Manga Plus. So now Manga Plus is Shueisha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not Viz, it's Shueisha. It's Shueisha. So meaning that those are being translated. Now, some of those are being translated by the same teams who are translated for Viz, but the point of the matter is that some of that stuff is being translated straight in Japan. So again, mm-hmm. like it can be done. It's not like it's impossible. Mm-hmm. So again, it comes back to, like I said, so it's kind of worse in that, when you understand that, it's kind of worse because at the end of the day, you know, you've got, you, you can do it. It's not hard. You've got mm. the people in your office. You could do it. There are American people there who would love, or English speakers who would love to work for Shueisha. Mm. They would, they would, they would cut off their finger to work at Shueisha yeah. or Kadansha or one of these companies. They, mm. you know, they get to live in Japan and work at one of their favorite companies, and they get to work on English language and stuff. They would do it tomorrow. Mm. So what does it mean? It means they have to put the resources to it. That means they have to want to do it, and that's where I mean where it gets kind of like so. Could they do it? Of course. And we were like, yeah, they, again, we, we, we exist because they don't do it. Mm. But the reality, the fact of the matter is that they have to want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They have to want to yeah. do it. And I, and I feel like they don't. And, and, and I, I don't. 
I, again, do I, this, this is make sure we get this out of the way. No, I don't think the Japanese are racist. I've been in Japan. I've never experienced racism. Oh, no, so no, no, I don't no, think no, that. No. Yeah, I don't think that. It's certainly not that. It's just, it's just a question of just, you know, it's like, it's like, man, you know, I, what I think sometimes, you know, that happens, and I think this happens with a lot of people, and I, I we talk about it internally inside AM, is that sometimes people get really scared about mm. doing something poorly mm. because they're afraid that they would offend somebody. So they just choose to yep. ignore the whole situation altogether. So the yep. Japanese, you know, I think they, I think as a whole, and it's, you know, and I don't want to say like everyone, cause obviously it's, it's weird, but I think as a whole, just, just from an anecdotal standpoint, I just think that there's just a, a, you know, the Japanese, if anyone's ever been to Japan, you know, they're very polite. Yes. And I think that there's just this notion that like, you know, like I don't want to do a bad job. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do something that's going to embarrass somebody. So then why would I go out of my way to do something that I might do badly? And of course the flip side argument that though, is that, Hey, there's a whole lot of black people buying your work. <laughs> there's a whole lot of Indian people buying your work. And I know for a fact that black people, Indian people, Chinese people, uh, Southeast Asian people, Korean people, uh, South African people live in Japan. So mm-hmm. why don't you just try to reach out to them? Why don't you put together a diversity program to actually try and reach out to these people and actually try to get them in your company? And yes, your culture may change a little bit, mm-hmm. but as you just indicated, that's the mark of a company on the rise of success is that you're willing to change, not that you're willing to iterate, but you're willing mm. to change to grow mm. at the market. So that's the key. And I think so. So I just want to make that point that, that I, no, you're, you're point. totally right. But yeah, it's not it's not that that they couldn't. They could easily could. They just haven't. And that's why we're here. Yeah, cool. I think it's, it's go on, Solo. No, I was going to say, but I guess it, it still leaves the opportunity for, for others to, yeah. to to go and fill that gap. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and. I, and you said that it, it kind of it's it's um it can sometimes be it kind of makes it worse that they can't they could they could do it but they choose they might choose not to i feel yeah. uh, thinking it from a different perspective i kind of feel like that's i think it leaves the opportunity for for us as people of color those who are underrepresented in any shape or shape or form to then start creating mm-hmm. content use that use this as an experience so you don't have a maybe like um, you don't you know, we know because obviously you want competition, so you don't want it to be a monopoly on something. So it's yeah. it's also like a good good advert to say, nah, well, if you see a gap and you know, and rather than waiting, that like maybe that's an opportunity for you to 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 start practicing yeah. and, and seeing how you can provide a service or a product that can help to fill that that gap. Um, you know, I guess that, yeah. a lot of good, a lot of like great products and services have come from that. Someone just realizing that that's right. No one else is doing this. They should. But no one that's, else. Is. That's capitalism. Mm. Yeah. No, nope, that's you, you nailed it. That's <laughs> capitalism, right? I mean, if you find an opportunity and you're like, "Hey, I think this is an opportunity oh. here," and you're prepared mm. to jump in and take the risk with it, then go for it. I, I will say uh, the one thing I will say to that, in terms of, you like you said, people like us, you know, and, and all of us are are, are people uh, people of African descent. Let's say, I, I assume, right? I think we're all people of African descent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is Nigerian. Yeah. I'm Ghanaian. Okay, got it. Okay, so. Listen, you know, I think that uh, I, I, one of the reasons that we start Saturday, one of the reasons I've always been, you know, so adamant about what we do and I've been so vocal about it as well, is it's not just that, you know, I'm trying to make this point to the Japanese and so forth, but I also try to make this point to, to our people mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, as a conscious black man, as someone who loves my culture and loves my community, I, I, I look, I'm also keenly aware of a few things. First and foremost, the absence of seeing us in a in, in a product like anime or manga that is so voraciously devoured 
mm-hmm. around the world, particularly in Africa and obviously in the United States and in and, and Europe and so on and so forth. And we're never featured or if we're featured, we're featured in really stereotypical ways. That has that's a problem. Because what you just said, like you start to you start to think like, well, I can't do that because like, you know, like like where do I ever see black people asserting themselves? Where do I get to see black people being being the heroes of the story, being mm. the 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 being the being the the beautiful one, the 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 heroic one. Where do I get to see that? So why would I do that? Like why would I put myself as we just indicated, as I just said a few minutes ago, you know, because because that's not something you see a lot of in a lot of countries, including Japan, of stepping outside of the norm, right? That's not that's a I think we can all agree it's something the Japanese are not known for stepping outside of the norm. The yeah. norm in terms of the world order, not the norm in terms of Japanese order. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. not going to be the wild person in Japan. That's not the, that's not how it's done. That's that's frowned upon. Um so you know, so if it, so so if 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 fighting for racial diversity is considered outside of the norm and you know, so you you're probably not gonna do that, you know, as much, or you're probably not gonna do it uh, you know, in Japan or in a lot of communities, you know, just not gonna take that leap. Uh, same thing happens with our gay LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ brothers and sisters. You know, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people in foreign countries, you know, they have a tough time because yeah, it's just yeah. not culturally acceptable, particularly, you know, in countries that are very religious, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the problem is that for my community, our global community of people of, of color, people uh, who are descended from Africa, I have a problem because what happens then is you see black creators then who then, who then start creating content mm-hmm. that don't feature us. And I'm like, wait a minute. You can draw. You're really talented. Why are you choosing to draw somebody who's white or Asian? What, what's yeah. this about? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, it can we just seem weird if somebody black was into it? That's where I, that's where I draw the line. Okay. That's where I have to say, say okay. put my foot down. Because let's be clear. No, I've been to Japan. I'm a black man. I've been to Japan. A lot of folks who talk about manga, a lot of, a lot of white people talk about manga on these podcasts and YouTube, and YouTube channels and so forth, have never been to Japan. Yeah. So let me tell you as a brother who's been to Japan, and not just been to Japan, but been to Japan back in the day, mm-hmm. let me please disabuse people of something. I saw black people in Japan in the early 90s when I went to Japan. So it's not like it's a foreign thing. Yes, it's not normal, but it's not normal where I live at to see someone, you know, from France. But mm-hmm. we know they exist. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but here's the thing, though. As I said, there are more. You're going to find an anime and manga. You'll find more blue-eyed, blonde-haired people with a freaking German name than yes. I promise you, you will ever see in Japan. You can walk down every street in Japan. You're going to rarely see a blonde-haired, blue-eyed person with a German name. You ain't going to see it. It's rare. The same way it was rare for me to see someone black, but I did see them in the early 90s. It was rare to see somebody white, but I did see them. Mm. And I don't. And the ones I remember seeing and talking to, they were American. I think one was from, like, Dutch. But I remember seeing some German. So my point just being is that, like, so, you know, the Japanese seem to have a great love affair of showing German people in their anime and manga, they're always like the beautiful character and the mm-hmm, set and the other. Mm-hmm. I, you ain't going to see that in Japan. You are not going to see that in Japan. You are not going to walk down the street and see a ton of German people, tall, blonde haired, blue eyed German people. So, so when, 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 so my point just being is that when the Japanese make that a normal thing in their, pro, in their productions, and yet a young black kid, because they don't see themselves, creates content that's anime manga. And when I say to him or her, well, why don't you put someone black in there? You're black. Why don't you put someone black in there? Because that would seem weird. No, it's weird. There's a whole lot of German people in Japanese anime and manga. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That has yeah. no basis yeah. in reality. No yeah. one, but but yet no one's saying anything about that. But here I'm seeing beautiful young black kids have such a 
such a, 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 dis, a discomfort in their own skin mm. to represent themselves in this format, all because they don't see an anime manga. That's a problem. The same way it was a problem in the eighties. And I used to talk about this when I was a kid in the eighties, mm. because I had, because I, because I was, I knew people from Japan. I had, then was going to Japan and I would see movies, you know, in Hollywood that would feature the Asian character. They'd always be, you know, talk like this and they always know karate mm. and so forth. They always yeah, be really yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. That's not the Asian people that I'm familiar with. That's not the Asian people that I knew. They were just mm -hmm. like me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, they used to offend, that offended me then. Just like it would offend me if I only saw Arabic people who are portrayed as terrorists. Yep. So yep. we as yep. a society yep. have just got to start to put our foot down and say, no, if you're making popular content, then let's try to let's try to be representative mm -hmm. of the world, yeah. not the ideal that you like, but the world. Let's try to representative of that because the, because the outcome is that you will taint the perceptions of young people, particularly young people of color or yeah. young LGBTQ people and so forth, that they just don't matter. That, e that even when they can tell stories, that they don't need to tell their own stories because they think that no one cares or that it wouldn't be popular. And that that for me is just that's a that's a non-starter. Like I, I just mm. that's a I'm not going to let that pass. That's a non-starter. So. Mm. So anyway, I didn't mean to go on a rant about that, but that's, no, a, that's no, a big no, thing no, to be no, on that's that good. And you know, you know, you mentioned society there because I think you know, especially the whole, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the whole blue eyes German name. Um, you know, again, um, you've obviously have way far far more life experience than I do, but in terms of like the whole society, and, um, you know, the whole kind of quote unquote white is right, white being the whites being the standard of beauty, as it were. I think that is probably something that has maybe not just influenced what we thought was the Western world, but most, of, most also the Eastern world, as of relates course. to how they oh, depict. Of course, yeah, of so, course, yeah, no um, question. There's no question. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, there's zero. No, no question. Of course, it has. Yeah. White supremacy is not a Western thing. White supremacy is a global thing. Mm. It is something that every community on the planet has struggled with. Uh, and, and and that and at the core is what you just said that they view whiteness as being like the standard. And mm. so if you are so, you know, as black people, we know there's and look, we, I've never you and I, we just met today. <laughs> this, this is always something we all talk about the time of Saturday. And all of our people who aren't black, they always laugh about this. because They're like, damn, I didn't know that was real. I've never met y'all. We just we met today. Right. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you all know the situation when you come into a room with somebody black, then you give them the head nod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even at work, I do, you don't even know. Even you just give, I do when I'm going shopping, I go when I go to another, even when I go abroad Wait. and I see another black, I've never met him. I did it in nod. Japan, actually, when I went to Japan. Absolutely. Yeah. I did it when I was like, I did, yeah, I did it when I was like 15 or 16. When I went to Japan, I was like, I'm like oh, I didn't go up to him and be like, you know, hey, where you I from? I see you. Let's yeah. change numbers. Yeah, it was just like that little subtle head nod. And it's like, that's a universal thing. Here's some other universal things. What did I say to y'all when we got started? I said, I said, oh, I said, y'all people of color, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I knew the minute I heard your voice. I'm like, oh, y'all people of color. I knew the minute I heard your voice. You have an accent, but I knew the minute I heard your voice. You oh, can hear it. It's a weird so, thing. You can hear I, you it. You can hear yeah. it. Yeah. But now, 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 not, not everybody can, right? Because you get, it's not like you talk with like a quote unquote black accent, but like black people can tell. And it's something we talk about internally in Saturday AM that always all of our white uh, white folks in our company always kind of laugh about because they're like, they're like, there's no way. And all, all of us, like, you know, uh, Raymond Brown and White Monk and Jay, we always laugh about this, but, like, I can tell from your name. You tell me your name is Raymond Brown, I'm like, oh, he's black. They're like, how do you know that? I'm like, I know. I know. Black people know. Like, it's, it's just that extra way, that extra way we put the names together, we know. Oh, but, uh, but, no, look, white supremacy is just, it's been, it's, it exists everywhere. So, I think, you know, with, with, with uh, we as black people, we know how this game is played. Because mm. what happens is that 
you know, your proximity to whiteness becomes your your currency. So yeah. if you're pale skin, then you're yeah. like, then boy, you really love white people because you know at least at least you kind of can fit in there uh, because that's the beauty standard. If you got straight hair, well, at least you can kind of you can kind of fit in with it because you know you got straight hair. You know, you know, black people we just fundamentally have none of that stuff, so we're going to be different no matter what. And that's kind of how white supremacy gets its thing because people have a the people who have a proximity to it, you know, in some ways it kind of just allows it to kind of, you know, just exist, even though it, you know, it's not that it's not they're supporting it, but it just it exists because there's a proximity to it. And it's like, you know, and, and with us, the proximity is always fundamentally different because we are just fundamentally different uh, in mm-hmm. terms of our appearance. So. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, like I said, I don't think anyone sets out to do it. But again, yeah. You know, I'm just I'm not here anymore for and I think a lot of black people about I like this, by the way, but I'm just not here for the perception that I'm going to wait for you to get OK with the fact that white supremacy is probably not a great thing. Like, I'm not here for that. I, mm, mm, I, mm. I, I, there's, no, there's no time for that anymore. It's like, no, we're just going to, as you said a few minutes ago, you know, look, we're going to create our opportunities and we're going to do it yeah, ourselves. We're exactly. not going to worry about what people think. And and uh, and hopefully if we're doing our job right, which is certainly what we believe, then, you know, we'll create our content that's accurate and authentic and truthful, but at the same time, it's every bit as exciting, every bit as engaging, so that anybody can enjoy it. Because the one thing anime and manga don't do is tell black people not to watch it. Like, it's not like, it's not, it's not like they present their content in a way that's like, oh, you want to enjoy this. Don't, mm. don't, don't, don't pay attention. You want to mm. enjoy this. There's nothing here for you. Like, no, there's something there for everybody. It's just that, you know, we would just like it to be more representative. And so that's what we try to do. And I think that's um, what I like or love about Saturday M, actually, because... You know, I was again. I was reading that article um, on um, anime motivation. Shout out to Theo. Um, as relates yeah. to that cultural barrier, <laughs> cultural barrier of acceptance. Because in the article, um, I know you said, um, and you said it in that article, you know, you like uh, as you mentioned um, um, a couple of minutes ago, you also spoke to an African creator, um, and he asked them why weren't there Af- African elements in their work. And as you mentioned, it's, it, they said it seemed it would seem forced. Um, and I think you went on to say, you know, if it, if if that's what's taught when anime and manga, con- um, sorry, you don't blame the artist, sorry, it's just what has been taught when anime and manga continually glorify some aesthetics and completely ignore right. others. And you that's know, right. that was a profound quote to me because uh, people are impressionable, um, obviously more so Very. kids, but yeah. obviously kids and early teens are the ones who are consuming. So you know, when you, st- you pick up that paper and you start drawing, and you start, you know, drawing quote unquote what you think should be right. I think it's sad and it should be as a as a case where you want to essentially show your cultural heritage, you know. As you mentioned in that same um, article, you mentioned like Vinland Saga, you know, they did it for that. So why can't we do it for, I don't know, Anansi, which is a Ghanaian kind of um, hero mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. something like that as relates to, you mm-hmm. know, creating obviously in an anime form, but creating a kind of... Um, African-centric or Ghanaian-centric because Africa's continent, but Ghanaian or Nigerian solo just like oh, Nigeria too. This but Nigerian-centric story which showcases not only the country, but also the, the, the elements and culture of that country. Because there's a reason why Black Panther, I know people might say it was a novelty. No, it wasn't. It was obviously it was refreshing, but it was a great story. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it's one of the one of my top Marvel films. Um, out of all the marvels Whoa. and not just because it was a black cast no it was a great story it showcased yeah. a different culture you know diversity yeah. is the spice of life it, and it's That's not right. your quote-unquote same kind of old um, um cut of the cloth yep this is the action this is the, the this is that blah blah, blah. it's completely different i think it was refreshing so we need to see more refreshing stuff in the anime sphere as well personally i think i think that I as you mentioned 
even like if Japan thinks they're doing or any creator, but if they think they're doing numbers now, watch when you start including oh other my cultures. God. That, yeah. that oh, was the agree. one thing I wanted totally to say. Totally agree. That was the one thing. It's like yeah. I don't think people realize. Just if you just did it, you don't realize how much more money you'd be getting. If you just want to make it a numbers I, I thing. Could- couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's there. It's there for the taking. Oh, it's absolutely, the it, it, completely. Absolutely. I, so, so I, you know, I told you guys uh, in the green room that Saturday AM, you know, we just got uh, commissioned to do a uh, something I'm really happy, really proud of, uh, which is Saturday AM presents how to draw a diverse manga, and we actually take mm, this nice. whole conversation on head on. It's a tutorial book. It's coming out in the summer of 2022. Amazing. And uh, really, really proud of it. Really proud of it. Our, our whole team, white mangas in there, Jay Odin. Uh, Morgan Walker, J.R. DeBard, uh, a lot of folks are in it, and Venus Bambiza from South Africa is in it. So, but the thing about it is, I talk about the fact that you know I have this whole big section in there talking about why it matters, because obviously there are people who are like, ah, why would I get it? Why would I get a diverse? Why I want to drop manga? Why would I get a diverse manga book? And it's like, and I have this line in there. It basically just so amazing what you just said. It says not only is it the ethical thing to do creating diverse manga. It's the moral thing to do. Mm. And it's also financially the smartest thing to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, it, it, like, it, like, it, like there's, there's literally no, like, it's like for someone to argue, and we've had fools try to argue with me about this, but there's literally no reason no, to no. not make diverse manga. Like, it is the stupidest thing that someone would argue to not do it. Do you not know if you were to type in black manga or black Instagram, how many artists are blowing up? Just from drawing a black version of Naruto, like oh, have yeah, you not yeah, seen yeah, this? Yeah, black yeah, version, yeah, black yeah. version of Goku. I've seen that all. It's seen black it all version the time. of Goku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like you, like as you just said, y'all said, you Ed and Solo, you would be printing money if you were to do that. But again, as I said at the very beginning, as I said it a little while ago, you have to want to do it. Yeah. Mm. You have to be willing to put the resources behind it, and yeah. I think that's where the that's where the rubber meets the road. You know. It's yeah, it's a it, you know there's there's one thing that that kind of sticks to me, um, and I and I say this knowing that we have listeners from many different backgrounds, different sexes, 137 genders. countries. Thank you very much. 137 <laughs> yeah. countries. Thanks. Thanks nice. For plug. Nice. Um, but the important thing about this, guys, is that stereotypes and stuff like that are are, are a lot more sub. They sit at the subconscious level a lot more than you realize. So I remember when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Like again, uh, we used to watch a lot of like um old school Jackie Chan, Drunken Master, Police Story, growing yeah. and that. And I remember you have that, and it's about identifying that within yourself. That natural assumption. Okay, cool. So then, if somebody's from the far, um, from East Asia, is 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 in the most politest of ways possible, or is they, does everybody have access to kung fu? Little small things like right, that, right, and our, right, and right. or, or even for example, from the black perspective, my, I remember going to a sc- uh, my going to a different middle school where I was the only black kid in the whole school year, and they're uh-huh. just fi- trying to. And actually, in hindsight, they're trying to find something to relate to me on, and the only thing mm. they kind of gave to me was, "Okay, cool, do you like hip hop?" I mean, it's yeah. like, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, and I, I, I can't deny that. I, I, I really do. But I could see, at the, at, looking back on that, just trying to find a connection. And if the only the only representation they get of black people is of a certain way, because I remember we went out and they just assumed that I would be the cool one in the gang. I could be a, I could be a shy person growing up. I could be kind of reserved. I could just want to sit back. I don't want to be a center of attention, but I thought I'll be the cool one, the loud one, the one that would get in fights first and that type of thing. Like, well, no, we're not all that way. Um, 
so I guess it's when you're speaking with different artists, and this is for anyone, like it's question yourself as well. Yeah, question yourself because you realize it, it sits within yourself as well, just as much as as much as as much as we can point the finger and this whole council culture. Point it back at yourself as yeah. well. It also exists within us. I, I think it's brilliant what you just said, and mm. I, I've, I've actually, first of all, I think it's really brilliant what you just said because I, I think so. I, I look, I think that is a. You know, I don't know your background, obviously, but I think I think that is a thing that I, w- I would say I grew up very middle class, you know, middle class uh, person. I grew up in a mostly white neighborhood. And, and I can say that, like, I think that's a trope of that group of a, of a kind of middle yeah, class black right, kid yeah. or a black kid who's into geek culture. Early, you very just described early. me quite accurately. So yeah, no, that's... <laughs> well, no. So because when you said it, you described me, and I'm thinking, you know, because what happens is that when you are that black person in that circle, then like you said, then then the stereotypes come at you in a different way, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, well, you know, so and so is black, and in their mind, you know, you should be a gangbanger, you should mm. be, you know, an athlete, so that you're hanging out with them, which are like maybe the you know the kind of geekier white kid or Asian kid. Well, then, man, you're cool. Because because perception is that you would be that other way, uh, like you know yeah, you would, yeah, yeah. but for them you would be that guy. So so you're you're instantly cooler than them because they can't be whatever the ultimate white person would be or whatever. Yeah. But you <laughs> could be that other person, but you're choosing to hang with them because you're into that geeky stuff. Yes, and it's always yeah. so weird. Yes. It's like it's like no, I'm I'm as geeky as you are. Trust me, like I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. You have no, I, idea. I, like, you have I, no idea. If I if I went over there, they'd laugh at me. Trust me. They'd, yeah, <laughs> they send me back here. <laughs> you know, it's true. Get back, get back to your mama club, loser. Just kick me back. Like, okay. yeah, <laughs> there's uh, there's two quotes I really love. And first one is um, perception is reality. Mm-hmm. And then the next one is by Les Brown, who says someone's perception of you does not have to become your reality. Um, right. And it's one of those things where like, I get it. Stereotypes are out there. They're there for a reason because, you know, we see on the TV and so on and so forth. But again, someone's perception of you, a gangbanger, uh, someone who, who you must, you're black, so you must love hip hop or you're this. So you must do your, um, you must know that it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be or define you as Solo said, when you point a finger at someone, three fingers are pointing back at you. Right. So you always have to right. look at yourself. Um, so no, that's, 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 that's a good thing to say. Moving on, t- um, um, topic. So how do you see yeah. the industry evolving? Like in terms of, mm. cause I know you're mostly an, Please forgive me if I'm wrong um, in my research, but I know you're mostly an online magazine publication. Um, sure, do you right. see do you see that um, industry evolving that way, um, especially as it relates to ESG, which is um, environmental social governance and sustainability? Because I've even mm-hmm. moved from not getting um, my bank bills <laughs> in terms of um, yeah. envelopes. It's now it's all, all online. All online, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you see, do you, again, um, obviously manga is more something that's a no, not, not novelty, but, you know, something that probably is an asset as it relates yeah, to value. But do you, collectible, yeah, collectible. Yeah. Do you, and, and the same goes with comics, actually. Do you mm. see, do you see that maybe 10, 20 years moving online or do you still think? Yes. That, yes, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, let me just say that's an excellent question. Uh, and, you know, I talk about this a lot and, and I talk about this professionally a lot in terms of like companies that want to work with us. I, I we're, we're in the midst of a big deal, which you can't talk about right now. And, and we, I was literally talking to the CEO of this company and I was like, we were literally arguing about this. And I'm like, <laughs> look, 
I'm like, I, 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 you know, you have your data and I have my data, but I'm mm. like, I, how anybody thinks that digital is not the future is beyond me. I'm like, that obviously it's the future. Like, it's just not, it's not even a question. It's obviously the future. Now, the question becomes though, is how will the industry look as you indicated, you know, 10 years from now? And, and, and that, that one's harder to, to read. So my personal thought is that we're, we're heading towards a time where I suspect that uh, digital will continue to dominate. And you see this right now with Webtoon. You know, Webtoon is blowing up. They just, mm. they just did a partnership with uh, DC Comics. They're going to start trying to bring some DC Comics content over there. There's another big thing that occupied the news in the past week called Substack, which is a big, like, uh, kind of like a newsletter sort of platform. Don't ask me how they got all this money. I do, I'll say, <laughs> as, you know, as, I, as we talked about earlier about being angry black men, shout out to Theo. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, permit me to be my angry black man for a minute. There's a thing called Substack and I'm curious, I'm going to check it out. We were talking about it internally in my company today, but they've been all over the news the past couple of weeks or so because they, they're basically, it's a newsletter. It's, a, it's Patreon. I, I don't know. If it, I have, I have, I've got to see it for myself. I've got to experience it, but it's essentially Patreon. It's, it's a platform where you can have a, your own newsletter. You know, it's got visual content, written content, but you have your own thing. You can send it out to people on a mailing list that you control all through this site platform called Substack. Mm. I mean, just that, that, that's it right now. They've gotten millions of dollars, maybe billions in investment. And now they're hiring or not hiring. Sorry. They're recruiting major journalists, major comic book writers. That's been the big news. been all these comic book writers left. Marvel and DC just left. Like they gave their notices oh, wow. and they're out. So they could go be a part of Substack and have their own newsletter, do their own comic books. They could have gone to Image or Dark Horse or any of these companies, but they chose to go there. So, you know, so why am I talking about that? Because it's digital, it's a digital platform. And yet, you know, they're making noise right now. They're making a lot of noise, getting people to go in and just sign up for essentially a newsletter, pay, you know, pay to unlock a newsletter, again, like Patreon from a particular uh, creator that they may enjoy, enjoy. That's all digital. It's all digital. So I think what you'll see 10 years from now, I could be wrong, is that people who have books, people who are going out of their way to buy books, and you nailed it as well. I think it was you, Ed, about the, about the, uh, the climate aspect as well, because yeah. we can't yeah. ignore that. Yeah. So, so I think the people who have books will be people who will be paying a lot of money for those books. So basically having a book will be a fashion statement. It'll be like, I'm smart. Mm, yeah. I can afford to have a physical book because the vast majority of young people, they, they ain't worried about no physical product. Like they, yeah. they've got, if you, if their, their goal is get an iPad or, or a yeah. tablet and get a phone. That's their goal. Once they have those, they're off to the races. They're going to enjoy their music through that, through Spotify or Apple music or whatever. They're going to watch their movies from that, from Netflix or Disney plus or whatever, you know, like that, their their future phone tablet maybe a game system that's it yeah. they're not worried about having books they're not worried about buying music cds they're not worried about buying blu-ray discs mm. so so yeah I, I do think it's going digital I just, I just don't see how anyone argues that i mean the question is just you know is this, what does it look like for physical product so as yeah. far as manga goes the bigger challenge for manga in terms of what that question is is Again, you got webtoons sitting out there. So, yep. so what is manga? Is it Shonen Jump Plus, which is where right now some of Shueisha's hottest contents come from? You've got uh, Kaiju Eight, Kaiju Number Eight. You've got Spy Family. 
you've got Dan to Dan, you've got uh, Chainsaw Man Part mm. 2's coming to yep. Shonen Jump Plus, uh, which I assume will all funnel through the Shonen Jump app or Manga Plus. But but you have all of that, you have that right now being the hottest thing aside from Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen, and My Hero Academia mm. for Shueisha. So they're looking at it thinking like, damn, we could keep going hard on this because we ain't got to worry about paper. We ain't got to worry about mm -hmm. de you know deadlines the same way. Like, damn, we should be leaning a little more into this. Another reason for them to do that is because Webtoon is coming. Again, I don't know. Well, Webtoon is funny because I don't know people who have a fit about Webtoons. I'm in this industry, been in this industry for a long time. We have a big fan base. I we there's more fan art for our stuff for like Apple Black and stuff and Clock Striker mm. than I've ever seen for some of these webtoon titles. So they might get more traffic, but I just don't get the fan base that's there. They're they're gonna spend a lot of money to try to change that and we'll see if they can. But but Shonen Jump clearly has the edge when it comes to that. So I think digital is in an interesting place because you've got something like Shonen Jump, which is traditional comic book pages, but done digitally with Shonen Jump Plus, and then you got Webtoon, which is this panel by panel layout and you get a couple of pages a week type of thing. I, I, I'm going to be curious to see where it goes. Obviously, we're, we lean closer to the Shonen Jump side of things. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But I do think digital is the future. I just don't think there's any question of that. No, and that was a very, very um, expansive ask. And I, I, I totally agree, especially with um, the likes of... Um, I'm not sure how it will play out in terms of mass consumerism, but certainly in terms of artists getting paid, um, things like NFTs um, and yeah, maybe, you yeah. know people creating certain um, specific pieces of work. And then, you know, obviously that is, that's, there's a whole debate about whether that is environmentally friendly, but in just in terms of that technology, I think you're right. Everything is going um, digital. Um, but it's yeah, convenient. It'll be interesting. Yeah, and then, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. convenient. And then, and then don't forget, because here's the thing. When I started Saturday AM eight years ago, I put together a 10 year business plan. Well, we're, we hit, we hit, we hit where we wanted to be last year. Oh, Why? Sad. Because the pandemic came. Because mm. the pandemic came. And so the pandemic is proof that it's going digital. Because yes. wow. what did you see? You saw a lot of digital businesses explode. Yes. You saw a lot of digital businesses take off. I, you know, we've got folks out there trying to compete with us. And, you know, they, they you know, you know, it, look, capitalism is crazy. Yeah. I would say something else, <laughs> but you bleep me. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> capitalism is capitalism is a, is a, is a mess. And, yeah. uh, so Saturday AM, you know, we came out, we were the first ones to do it. We created this thing. We took all the slings and arrows. And there were a lot of folks who tried to join us and couldn't join us. So they tried to create like competitors. That's capitalism. It doesn't bother me. That's capitalism. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but, but, but one of them had some difficulties recently. I kept thinking to myself, this is one of the guys, who, one of the groups had been more, had been quite, uh, let's say, uh, nasty in their mm -hmm. hand. And they're trying to uh, deal with our brand and, and our people. And, uh, and I kept thinking to myself, they were like, yeah, you know, the pandemic really took a number on us. And I'm thinking, it didn't take a number on us. Like, yeah. <laughs> clearly, if your business was doing, if you were doing, if you were doing well digitally, the pandemic just went boom and just shot you through the moon because that's what the pandemic did was prove that digital is here. Mm -hmm. It just, because, mm -hmm. I mean, like, you know, cause people ain't going to, people ain't going to stop shopping. No. They're going to still need stuff. Yeah. So if you can't go to the store, you order it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And that's proof that digital, whatever. Manga had its biggest year in America probably in Europe last year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know, how did that happen? Because digital, because these kids were like, I'm still getting my manga. Yeah, so, I'm still, so, yeah, still so going to read it somehow. I'm still going to get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so digital is here. That's, that's for sure. I can't remember which CEO I, I was, I was on this course um, two days ago, um, data. Um, I can't remember the CEO, but they basically the quote was, we've seen more digital transformation in the last year than we have in the last, I think, 20 years or something like that in terms of their company. 
Um, and I yeah. think you're right in terms of COVID just accelerating the need. Accelerated. Yeah, right. 100%. A lot of companies have said this pandemic has accelerated their their need and um, their, I guess, infrastructural, um, as it were, the business model to move mm-hmm. towards more digital transformation, which is it's crazy. And, and now you know it's It possible. was a slow tilt. You know it's yeah. possible mm-hmm. now. Well, that's, yeah. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I mean, what you just said is possible and, and what you said, Ed, in relationship to the fact that... Uh, yeah, but you, what you just said, Ed, <laughs> no, but, it's, no, it's. but but you said you said something a few minutes ago that I totally agree with. But the point is that you, you, you but you guys hit the nail on the head, right? Like it was coming, mm. and so all of the pandemic did was it just gave the average person who maybe would have continued to drag their feet to digital, they had to go digital. Yep. And then when they saw how easy it was, they're like, "I'm not going back." My parents still order stuff offline. Uh, groceries, groceries, mm. because they're elder, they're they're older now, and they're like, why, like, why am I, why am I walking through aisles pushing no, a grocery cart? Exactly. When I can just go in and order it and have it, when I drive up there, they just put it in my car. Like, why did I ever think I would keep doing it the old way? The pandemic forced them to have to change once they've experienced how good it was. Like, I'm not going back. Just another quick example of that is we saw us recently with Disney. When they released Black Widow, oh yeah, and they, everybody yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. "Oh man, you know, like I, I watched it. I'm like, man, that was, you know, it was. I, I enjoyed it. Like it wasn't my favorite Marvel movie, but I enjoyed it. But like, I'm, but once I once I experienced that, I saw the Eternals trailer this morning. I'm not going to the movie theater to watch Eternals with uh, Delta <laughs> Grace. I'm not doing that. They better put that thing on Disney Plus ASAP. Like, I can go use the bathroom. I can get me some popcorn here. Pause it. I can yeah. fix that coffee. I can pause it. Right? I can take the dog for a pee-pee outside. Like, there's no, like, you must be crazy. I'm going back to the movie theater. No, Once I experience that, I'm like, forget that. Mm. No. So, no, that digital, digital proved that it is, it, it accelerated it. It was there. It accelerated it, and now here we are. And the idea that it's going to go backwards because the problem that and this thing I was, I was talking to this, this company head about the other day is that look, the reality is the bottom line: young people are the future. Period. Mm-hmm. And every day they get older, and every day they're using digital. They start out learning how to use the iPad at age three; it's mm-hmm. proven. Then they mm-hmm. end up getting into things like Netflix and so forth. They learn how to use Netflix stuff at age five and six; proven. So. Yeah, like they, they're learning. I remember, I remember when we started Saturday, and this is just to, just to put a bow on this. When we started Saturday AM, we would go to conventions, and I would try to tell people because we had a client, we had a, a vendor who advertised with us. I uh, had a com- an app called Comic Draw. He's actually another Brit as well, called Comic Draw, and uh, you had to download the app, and then you could draw on your thing. It came with you know you could choose your pencil type and everything, but you know you draw it on your iPad. And I remember talking to parents, and they were like, "Well, I don't know." You know, should I get them a traditional pen or should I get them the iPad? Will it be hard to learn the iPad? I said, let's be clear about something. Your kid's gonna be using iPad whether you think whether you yep. whether you think it's time or not. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's the future. That's the future. It doesn't it doesn't matter whether or not you think they might like pencils better. Just the sheer reality of having to send your files digitally to your publisher. They're not gonna wait for you to FedEx some eight <laughs> you know, some, some giant Bristol board yeah, paper. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like, done. they're like, look, we gotta print, you better send that thing at five o'clock today. I don't know. FedEx is run that fast. Digitize it, fool. That's what I'm gonna tell you. So, so you're going, you're going digital no matter what. And I remember eight years ago how we used to struggle telling parents get your kid an iPad. They used to like they were like they were like I don't know the the art teacher said to get a a, a canvas and some paper. Like you can, but like I tell them, so you do the math. You can either do an endless supply of pencils and paper because those things don't aren't, don't last forever. Yeah. You have to constantly replace them. Markers, Copic markers are expensive. Got to mm-hmm. keep replacing those paper. You got to keep replacing the paper. 
You got to buy more sketchbooks. You got to buy a bigger desk, perhaps, mm -hmm. or a better desk. So by all means, you can either keep spending that money or you can pay two, three, four hundred dollars for your iPad, hundred bucks for the pencil, 20 bucks or whatever, 30 bucks a month subscription for Eclipse Studio Paint for mm -hmm. the for the software. And you tell me which one adds up. <laughs> like, Over time. Yeah, 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 be yeah, more expensive. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that simple. So digital is here and people are now, I think, like I said, I think before they deluded themselves and they believed they had a choice. But the reality is that, hey, this is where we are now. The pandemic proved it. And on top of that, every day, young people are coming to the mix. They're used to using digital. They don't have a problem with drawing on a screen. Their first screen, their first mm. thing they draw on is an iPad. So once you, once that group continues to come of age, it's, it's, it's here, is my mm -hmm. point. No, no, that's, a, that's, that's so true. A couple of years back, there was a, a video in the UK. I'm not sure if it was the same. Well, it was on YouTube, so it was, the, it was global, but... Uh, it was published on one of the um, UK um, newspapers. Of a, uh, it was a video of a, a little baby trying to expand a magazine. <laughs> you know when you use your fingers. <laughs> she was like, trying oh, to make it. Yeah. She was trying to zoom in on a paper <laughs> magazine. It was just so funny. And you're absolutely right. They are growing with um, technology. Um, and, and, you know, those things are going to be of the past. And as you mentioned, costly as well. So absolutely yep. we have one more question left but before i go yeah, to that question ahead. is there anything that we haven't discussed that you'd like to discuss oh please we, we can be talking for hours <laughs> i'm in the middle of a bunch of stuff i got to do oh, so, all right, right. No i just wanted to make two. sure i got all the points um, <laughs> yeah no we'll have to do like a part two or something one oh day. absolutely I mean, uh, no, I, absolutely i've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with y'all this nice. but yeah there's a ton of things you can talk about okay. but I, so i'm much. happy we talked about the ethnicity stuff because i think sometimes when i do these discussions you know like I, you know, when, and obviously when I'm talking to black creators, but I always think it's important to have that discussion. I think it's important for people to hear. To hear it, like I said, yeah. a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about, yeah, a lot of people are uncomfortable hearing about race. Mm. We should never be uncomfortable hearing about race. We don't get to choose nope. our race. We have to live with it. Nope. So we should never be trying to uh, sidestep that conversation. We should always put that front and center so that people listening to it can get that education, be they white, Asian, black, Latino, they still could benefit from that conversation. So I'm happy we at least touched on that. Sure. But but yeah, what's your last question, man? I'm, I'm happy to get that. Yeah, sure, no worries. Um, it's the super quick fire round. Um, and <laughs> Here we go. Nice. <laughs> uh, that was, I was hoping that would be the last question, Ed. I like that. Hey, Ed. I, I think I found another thing for you to add on that uh, LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah boy. Hey, you, got, you know how to introduce a segment, too, <laughs> Introduction. Frederick, introduction. Oh, yes. 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 I, can introduce, I can introduce people. I can introduce a segment. <laughs> introduce this pencil. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. Sell me this pencil. <laughs> Sell me this pen, sorry. Um, yeah, but um, the, um, so these will just be random casual questions such as favorite color, um, you just have to, um, on the spot, red or blue, and then you just answer. Feel free to pass on any questions. All right, so are you a morning or night person? Night. Goku or Vegeta? If you if you said, if you were to ask me Dragon Ball or Naruto, I'd say Naruto. Oh, yeah, for down. sure. Uh, Story-wise, yes. Story, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, story. Easy, easy. But I think in terms of inspiration, as relates to that whole kind of sure, gambate, sure. Um, work hard and you succeed kind of thing, I think Dragon Ball Z yeah. is probably, uh, you know, influenced a lot. Um, Sci-fi sure. or horror? Well, sci-fi, sci-fi. Cool. Uh, DC or Marvel? DC. Oh, ah, yeah, nice. nice. Me too. <laughs> the last song you listened to? Uh, I like a a, a UK uh, a British dance, uh, a British uh, electronic music group called Above and Beyond. Oh, okay. And uh, they have a song that came out. They every 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 week they do a broadcast podcast broadcast called. Um, above and beyond uh something i forget that in juna beach or something like okay. that 
And they had a song that had been on repeat on my Apple Music for like the past week. It came on Friday called, uh, this called My Enemy by Super 8 and Tab or something like that. And that thing is really stayed in my head. It's just great. I, lo- I like I like EDM, especially when I'm working. I like EDM. So yeah, ah, yeah I'm, that, I'm, a, I'm a house I'm a house fan. I like house music. House music, oh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's kind of my job. I like house music too. Yeah, I need mm-hmm. to check them out. Um, Death Note or Akira? Oh, Death Note. Oh, I thought you were going to okay. say Akira. Akira, okay. yeah. Same. No, okay. no, Akira's Akira's legendary. But but, but look, it, it, it depends on what the edge you put on that question. If you were to say, what would you show your friends who think anime is for kids? There's no way Akira's on yeah, that no, list. Yeah, you put yeah, Death Note. Yeah, sure, Death Note yeah, is yeah. a thing that you can Avoid show that, that to a one. girlfriend. Avoid the Kira. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Death Note. Yeah. They're going to be like, uh, I was kind of into it, and then it went bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, manga, or an, uh, manga or anime? That depends. I, there's that, To me, I think those are always kind of crazy questions because I think it just depends. You know, Raymond Brown, who's uh, my number two on Saturday AM, and a really good guy. You know, he uh, he's been following Tokyo Revengers through the manga mm. and I've been following Tokyo Revengers through the anime and we both thoroughly enjoy it. But oh. it's there are two different experiences, you know, two different experiences. Yeah. Similar to me and Solo. He, Solo's a more avid manga reader than I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm more of an anime mm. watcher. But yeah, it's the same thing. So as long as the manga f- closely follows the anime, then there's no qualms there. Well, like I said, I, like I said, you saw how you asked that question. Because I think, again, I love manga. Don't get me wrong. I read, there's a lot of manga. Mm. I read, I mean, I read Dora Dora. Just oh, that's great. That, I think, yeah. Uh, last year. And I, I fell in love. I mean, I binged the whole thing. I went, bought every volume and went through it. But I haven't seen the anime yet. Mm. Uh, but I love the the manga. But I am reading Die Dark now, and I love that. I, I just think that it, it it just depends on which one which one. So it depends on the franchise, and depends on which one you get to first. Because yeah. I find yeah. that some people, it, you know, like you can read the manga and you just really love the manga, and then the idea of seeing it animated, maybe you want to, maybe you don't. But there's some people who just they'll get to the anime first, and they're like, I'm never going to read the manga because the anime just it. My love of it is you know partly because of how it was constructed. Yeah. Mm. So there's some people like Golden Kamuy who, you know, will forever love the manga. And, and you know, the anime just to him is just kind of like a, you know, it's neat, but it's just, the manga is a thing. And there are other people who discovered Golden Camry through the anime, and they'll never, you know, they'll never appreciate the manga the same way because the voice acting, the music, like the whole yes. thing is part of the medley that just draws them. But it's the same story. You know what I mean? Like it's exactly the same. It's not like it's any different. It's the same story. We've actually, so, um, we've, we've done a podcast actually arguing about manga versus anime, which was quite funny. And some of the points <laughs> you mentioned actually did come into play. Um, Batman or Superman? <laughs> Batman or Superman? Oh, Batman. Yep. Okay. Last question, sorry. Um, <laughs> what would you say to your younger self if, they, if he was listening today? Oh, I'd say, uh, I'd say uh, definitely uh, uh, don't let them try to bully you into believing Goku is popular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> balls of all. Don't let them bully you. You stay true. You stay true. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I mean, I, I don't think I really say anything. I mean, I think, I think, you know, look, I think life is great experiences. And I think sometimes you have to learn on the way to things. Uh, the, you know, the things that we've talked about at the beginning of this, the thing I've always talked about, about diversity and the importance of diversity and, uh, you know, having a chance to see the world as it is, not the way that you want the world to be. Uh, I think those are um, just profound points for every young person to uh, come to appreciate mm. because the bottom line is that we all, this is, as you said, Ed, regarding the climate change thing, which I, I which I'm surprised we worked that into this conversation, but, but you are right. <laughs> you are right. We are on a ticking time bomb with this planet. We, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our grandchildren. Even if you're young and listening to this podcast, mm. you don't have kids yet. When you do, you owe it to the future generations to build a better world. And that starts with 
treating the world with the dignity it deserves. That means treating the people with dignity, no matter what they look like, no matter what who they love. And it means, you know, taking care of this planet by being more more kind to it and not overdoing it. So from that standpoint, you know, uh, I believe in diversity. I think you just can't get to that place without a healthy respect mm-hmm. for uh, for diversity and all the beautiful things that we all offer to the planet. So um, as long as you hear that part of the conversation, I think you're good. Mm. Thank you. Well, thank you. Yes, honestly, thank you so much for being on um, the podcast. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing and imparting your wisdom Mm -hmm. around the topic. We really, really appreciate it. Appreciate Saturday M and the journey you went through to start um, the company and what you're doing for the community, doing for, you know, just different um, um, people of color as relates to giving them a voice, a platform to essentially, you know, showcase their artwork. Um, where can people find you as relates to Saturday AM? Yeah, I mean, well, you, you're not going to find me. I don't live on social media like that, but you'll certainly find Saturday AM. Uh, you can find us on Instagram yeah. and Twitter. Uh, the handles for both of them are the same. It's Saturday underscore AM. Uh, and you can go to our website, which is www.saturday-am.com. And you can find uh, our app there. You can you know, read some content there. We have uh, a lot of stuff coming up. They said the How to Draw a Diverse Manga book comes out uh, summer 2022. We have some more big announcements coming soon. We have a new, um, we have a new, uh, 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 a new service coming called Pilot Manga, which will be for uh, some some ex- some exclusive, brand new Saturday AM type of manga, as well as more content from creators around the internet who we really love and wanted to give them the sort of platform that Saturday AM provides. So uh, you'll find that at PilotManga.com uh and uh yeah that's that's pretty much uh and that's coming i think next month go to our website www.saturday-am.com look for us on twitter and instagram at saturday underscore am and uh enjoy uh, all the crazy stuff that we have going on apple black clock striker mm. hammer mm-hmm. master multiplayer world of ghosts we have three magazines we do in our app saturday am which is shonen saturday pm which is sanine saturday brunch which is jose got all sorts of content yeah, we'll leave all those um, um, links in the show notes as well for um, listeners to go through as well. Um, Mr. F- Mr. Dudley, my mind's gone. My mind's gone somewhere. Mama, your mind just, Mr. Well, your Jones, mind just sorry. broke. Yeah. My you mind just broke. Just, just Don't worry, it's late. It's late. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, Frederick, seriously, thank you so much. Yeah, you know, you. Yeah, um, really um, honestly, you know, we 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 um, ninety nine or I say ninety nine, but ninety percent or more of our um, show titles are hip hop titles, or they start with it. I think I'm going to call oh. this one brief. Uh, by fabulous just because you know <laughs> right. i need to i need to breathe <laughs> no but seriously um thank you, very much, yeah. thank you so much you know thank yeah, you so man. much really really I, appreciate I, it pleasure is mine I, this is one of the one of the fun uh, one of the more fun uh podcast interviews i've done oh, so that's awesome. like i say definitely you. definitely you know you guys are great very talented and you got some great banter and uh, and again and I, I you know like i said i i, I literally <laughs> i've probably done I don't know, probably 15 of these things, 20 of mm. these things in the past uh, year. And you have the best introductions I think I've ever heard in my life. You're See? up there with, with the Price is Right guy. <laughs> <laughs>
The price is right. The price is right. Hey, that's your name for me. I'm yeah, gonna save you that in my phone. Nah, price nah, is right. Don't, don't even try that. Don't even try that. You can't tell me what to do my own phone. Oh man! Like someone like you can't tell me to do my own phone. You fight. You fight for your soul, right? Oh man! No, this is too much. Honestly, I've so much fun, and we need to do a part two. Definitely needs to do a part two. Oh yeah, definitely. Trust me, that 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 hip hop thing is real. I I, mm. I talk about it all the time. That is real. But we will. I will look forward to that. I, and look, look, we probably love to interview you guys. I'll talk to our editorial team because we do interviews with creators all the time. We have a podcast awesome. called Saturday FM. Uh, right now, I know the first couple episodes are taken, but uh, definitely love to have you guys on that. And yeah. then uh, our our so. writers, uh, they do interviews all the time for the magazines, and they interview a lot of podcasts or YouTubers. So I'll definitely pass them on to you guys and uh, oh, get this in. But Thank you all so much for the no invitation, worries. and I really enjoyed this. No, thanks right. very much. No worries. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, Super Family. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It takes less than 30 seconds. Doing so will allow us to grow the show and encourage us to keep putting out more content. In case you're wondering how to subscribe, rate, and review the show, just go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash superanimepodcast. That's super with three U's. We will also leave a link to it in the show notes for you to go to as a simple way to subscribe, rate and review the show. We love your reviews, so please keep them coming and we will read them out in future episodes. Please do share this podcast with anyone you feel will enjoy the show. Finally, to keep the conversation going, we're super keen to hear your thoughts, questions and opinions on the show's discussion points. To get in contact with us, you can either leave a voice note via the mic on our website, superanimepodcast.com, that's super with three U's, or you can write a note via the contact section, superanimepodcast.com forward slash contact. It's also in the show notes as well. Along with your email, please leave your name and location from where you're listening from, and we will be sure to shout you out and include some of your thoughts in the next and upcoming episodes. Have a great day wherever you are, and bye for now.